Hello and welcome again to another reflection from our teaching series that we've titled Education in the Church. And very briefly, we're looking at various ideas that can assist us to not just evangelize people and bring them to uh, be pew sitters in a, in a church environment, but how can they grow and develop and become everything that God designed them to be? In this big series, we're saying that we've got three little mini-series, I guess. Um, we're now looking at the biblical undergirding of education and equipping in the church. We're going to look at some historical illustration of how the church over the centuries uh, embarked on this uh, goal of educating and equipping people towards Christ-likeness. And then we're going to look at some contemporary uh, educational theories that may assist us in, in building up the body of Christ. So far in the biblical undergirding, we looked at the priority of education and equipping in the Bible. We looked at the biblical purpose for equipping uh, people and educating them in the church. And we have also begun looking at the process of how we can do this co-construction of seeing people grow up uh, and develop and become the, the body of Christ uh, to the full heights of Christ. Christ. We said that the process involves modeling, teaching, and partnering. And today we're going to focus about the partnering uh, process. How do we partner with one another in order to facilitate this, uh, th this process, this, this transformation, this co-construction of personhood? And uh, we're going to go back to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We mentioned very briefly uh, in, in, in another uh, session that this speaks of our partnership with one another in the body. You can't actually have a body growing and functioning well without every member playing their part. So we hear talking about the supporting ligament or the supporting members. Uh, I, I love the way it's being phrased in one of the commentaries. It says, maturity comes through every assisting connection. I love that. You know, the supporting ligament, uh, they, they explain it as every assisting connection. The body grows as it is held together by various connecting parts, which is in Ephesians 4.16, just as the building is held together by tightly fitted joints. Uh, you have probably noticed throughout this series uh, that there is a, a, a real connection between what Paul mentions about the growth and the building up of the body uh, in Ephesians chapter 4 and the growth and the building up of the temple in Ephesians chapter 2. In many occasions, commentators uh, express that there is a deliberate use of very similar word, if not the exact words, to communicate uh, the same concept that Paul wants to speak about the growth and the Christ-like maturity maturity that occurs in amongst the believers. Uh, every uh, member is in the body 
is reliant on other members that will assist it in, in, in everything that it does. Like, can you imagine uh, what would happen if my lungs weren't functioning appropriately right now? What would happen if my heart will, will have a, a nap, you know, a, a little bit of a heart failure? Uh, well, imagine if my feet didn't keep me standing up. Imagine if my brain didn't send messages to various parts of my body. The reality is we need each other. We know that intuitively um, in a physical sense. But Paul is saying that we also need to adopt the idea that we are indispensably needed for one another. We are in an intimate partnership with one another and no one on their own can grow to their full potential. I don't think there has been a bigger lie in Christian environments, particularly in Western communities that's in individualistic by nature and by culture, than the enemy convincing us that I can grow and develop and be everything God wants me to be on my own. I, I, I don't know how many times I, I would be going out with some member of a church and it would say to me, I'm a private person. I don't really like to engage in spiritual, uh, transparent communication with other uh, um, fellow believers. And I respect that because I don't know on the other side of the table what people have gone through. Some people have gone through significant hardship and, and for me to judge or, or to say something that's unpleasant is, is not going to help. But I do feel sorry for the ideology that have been sold to us that we can uh, be converted on our own, come into a church, sit by ourselves, go read the Bible on our own, do ministry whenever we feel like it, but we're going to grow and develop and be everything that God wants us to be. I think that's a lie of the enemy. We need every connection in order for the building to stand and we need every assistant connection for the body members uh, to stand. You see, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is another uh, of Paul's passages that references the body, the concept of the body, he says this, But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? Like it's meaningless. And He goes on to say, if the whole body was an eye, like that's, that's ridiculous. And, and we, we would agree, wouldn't we? But we, when it comes to spirituality, we somehow divorce that logic and we say, no, you can be. But Paul is suggesting that maybe we can't. As it, is, as it is, there are many parts, but one body. Notice this phrase. There are many parts, but one body. That means without the many parts, there is no body. And without the body connecting together with the many parts, there will be no existence or functionality or reaching the full potential. I don't ever look at my hand and say, yeah, that's not bad. I could change it next week. You know, it's, it's like, this is who I am. It's just part of who I am. This is the intricate partnership, the interdependence that we have with one another. I would like, we always share that with our team. I hope it's helpful for you. But I'd like to try to make this 
a little bit more practical in terms of facilitating partnerships in your Christian environments. Because sadly, when we talk about Christian growth and development, we often reference the teaching on the Sunday. I, I have heard that um, you know, many, many times in different Christian environments, this part of the denomination or the group size. When we talk about discipleship and growth, it's like amazing biblical teaching, solid biblical teaching, and great belonging after the service. We get to do, uh, you know, coffee and cakes together, whatever it might be. And I dare say they are lovely things and they're absolutely helpful. But in terms of a lifestyle, remember the teaching is so we can develop our knowledge and doctrine aspects. But in order to live that life, the ethical component, the set of values, the type of lifestyle that Jesus lived out, we need to partner with one another because doing doesn't happen as a result of knowing. How many times we've known things, but we didn't do anything about it. You know, how many times did I know that I needed to exercise for my physical health, but it's by myself, it's, I feel like at times discouraged and I don't feel like it, so I don't do it. But when, when I have a friend or when my wife says, you know, we're going to go for a walk now or, or, or I have some sort of a, of a support system, an accountability system, I, I do what's good for me. So our actions are often, you know, motivated and mobilized by engaging in partnership with other people. And you have your own stories of things that you've done as a result of a connection with a, with a group that you loved or that supported you or that engaged with you in some sort of partnership. So in order to change our lifestyles and, and behavior and set of values, we need that partnership with one another. In order to do that, I want to comment very briefly on three ideas that our team uses in order to facilitate those. We need availability. We can't meet together on a Sunday where the only connection that we have is shaking hands with the person next to us. We need to be open to one another within reason and gradually we build trust in that way. But we need to be available to connect with one another beyond the formalities of meetings. Secondly, we need to facilitate a sense of vulnerability where we feel loved enough, where we feel respected enough, where we can share openly and transparently with select few that we trust. It's not about airing your dirty laundry anywhere and everywhere. It's being wise and sensitive so that we don't uh, become a stumbling stone to other, uh, uh, other people. So we need to be vulnerable with select group of people. Then we need to take responsibility for our actions and we need to provide and stir one another and challenge one another to take responsibility. Often at times we consider partnership that we, we're all in it together, but I'm not going to do anything by myself. Now, in order to facilitate this partnership, you got to take some responsibility and our job as partners is to egg you on, is to put you, stir you up for good deeds. And that is a good partnership that's holistically uh, and, and that's well balanced so that we can grow in becoming more and more like Jesus and build up the body of Christ. In the next session, we're going to look at another reflection of how we can process uh, this transformation that God has for every single individual who names the name of Jesus and for us as Christians collectively as the body of Christ. 
Until then, be blessed in Jesus.